This podcast is part of the Red 5 Network. For more Red 5 Network podcasts, visit red5network.com. Hi there, this is Josh and Andy from the Holocronicles podcast, and you're listening to The Scarif Scuttlebutt. Hey, Scuttle Buddies, what's new? Thanks for tuning into this week's show. Man, I am so excited to share this episode with you guys. We planned on doing a Pirates episode for a long time, and I got to tell you, it is worth the wait. I assigned Shanti the task of putting this together and organizing a panel of illustrious pirate booty experts. Yes, I said it. Fans of the legends and the lore, and this show will not disappoint. We assembled for you the best of the best, and listening to this as I edited, I was astounded at the knowledge and passion that was dropped by our friends Andrew from thesciencefictionary.com and Andy, who, as you remember, has teamed up with us on some shows uh, in the past, like the Classic Monsters Episode 77 and our discussion on ghosts in movies and streaming Episode 84, if you haven't checked those out. Please find them wherever you download your other favorite shows. And, of course, the first family of Red 5, Andrew and Marisha, who we've teamed up with on a number of occasions. Just look through our back catalog, and I'm sure you'll find a team-up or three. One of the things we truly enjoy doing is teaming up with other folks and talking about what we love. It's the main reason we podcast to foster relationship and bond with other folks that love the wacky world of geek and nerd entertainment. You gotta love it. So without further blabbering from me, I present to you episode 92, hosted by Shanti. I see some black flags heading this way, so I'm gonna leave you guys to it before I see a short walk on a long plank in my future. Take it away, guys. Arg! There's a mutiny afoot. <laughs> I've taken over Scarif Podcast once again. Um, hello, my name is Chantal, and I'm from the Scarif Podcast. And today, we're going to be talking about pirates. Ro has once again handed over the reins to me, and I have two special guests today. One from our lovely Red Five Network, Andrew from Science Fictionary and Coruscant Radio Underground. And our lovely friend, Andy, who has already done a couple of episodes with us. And oddly enough, this all started with your very first episode that you came on. Yeah. We were talking about monsters. Of course, we went on some sort of tangent and started talking about pirates. And I, we thought that it would be a really fun episode to do. So I kind of wanted to kind of jump in right away and ask, you know, what is it about pirates that we love so much. You know, we know that it's very maritime related for the most part. We always think of, you know, uh, Peter Pan, we think of Captain Hook and, you know, the big open seas. We think of Pirates of the Caribbean, but what is it about pirates that we love so much? So Andy, I'm going to start with you. Where did your love for pirates start? Oh, uh, I think I'm, I'm going to date myself with this, but The Goonies <laughs> was like my all-time favorite movie when I was a little kid. And uh, I remember there used to be dollar theaters. I don't think they exist. They might exist in, in some places still. But uh, when I was little, you used to be able to see like old movies, like older movies that had been out already. Uh, this was pre-Netflix and, and Blockbuster <laughs> and all that stuff. Um, but you used to be able to see like older movies that had, weren't popular anymore for a dollar. Mm -hmm. And so um, my mother... Uh, just f would take me to see the Goonies over and over when it was in the dollar theater. I probably saw it about 10 times in the theater. Um, she would just drop me off and, you know, they, they were in malls. So she'd just drop me off and go shopping. I'm lucky to be alive, obviously. <laughs> But, you know, this is a different, you know, time. And so I yeah. saw The Goonies. And The Goonies, for anyone who hasn't seen it, is about a gang of misfit kids who find a pirate treasure map. And then they follow the tri pirate treasure map. They go on this crazy adventure. And um, they, you know, find the treasure and save their homes from, I think, foreclosure or something like that. Right. Um, and then they all, I mean, it's just this, they have they have to go through a series of tests and trials in this underground cavern that this 17th century pirate who was not a real pirate i was very disappointed to learn later <laughs> one-eyed willie his name was uh set up for anyone who might want to uh, get his treasure so that was where i'm not really sure what 
like, I mean, what appealed to specifically about pirates? Because I know that for me and my friends, uh, we were like elementary school kids. We just really loved the idea of like us being another, you know, group of friends that would totally have this type of adventure. Right. You know, this is a Christopher Columbus and Steven Spielberg film, and they definitely right. know kids' languages. And um, but there's just so something about the fact that these people like just the idea of buried treasure, you know, was really interesting to me, and that these yeah. just folks that existed on and that was a, a point the movie makes these folks that existed on the outskirts and the fringe of society and did things their way and had awesome adventures I mean, who wouldn't who wouldn't find that appealing you know? yeah, i was just gonna <laughs> say it is interesting also that you know this these are historical characters you know i know most of the time we think more of the fictional aspect but you know pirates are something that actually exists pirates actually still exist you know like we said it's a maritime thing but andrew what about you like what is it about pirates that fascinates you get that dissertation out i know you've been waiting we've been waiting to do this episode so <laughs> lay it on I, us i think a lot of the deal with pirates i mean you see the same kind of um same kind of love for the outlaws of the old West. Mm -hmm. um, you know, it's this, it's this really romanticized thing of a really brutal period of time is mm -hmm. really what it boils down to. But um, I don't know. There, there's always been, it's, it's this interesting thing that the people that, you know, romanticizing people like Bonnie and Clyde, like, right. I mean, sometimes you get people that were romanticized and they were, they were fine, but like, but these pirates, you have some who were upstanding, upstanding men of society who just kind of ended up on the wrong side of things. And then others that were just absolutely brutal. Right. Um, so it, it's, it's really interesting, but I got into pirates, uh, again, Goonies as a, you know, being born in 1980 Goonies is a, a big one for me. Uh, the original Treasure Island, which is a a really oh. the book, both the book and the movie. I mean, the movie is where so much of our modern idea of pirates even comes from. True, um, you know that that kind of created the modern, ver you know, the modern image of a pirate. Long John Silver, um, yeah, right, <laughs> exactly. And so, but you know, I grew up in a city that's it's old. It, it's um, the oldest city on the Mississippi River. Um, it's kind of in John Lafitte's territory. A uh, lot of stories about river pirates. If you if you read about the city of Natchez, there's a, a section of the town known as Under the Hill, mm -hmm. um, where all of the riffraff that came along the river stayed. It was saloons and brothels and all that kind of stuff. And at night, there was literally a canal at the top of the hill. You know, they drew up the bridges to keep the riffraff from coming into town because of the types of people that were under the hill. Right. And so kind of growing up between the the entertainment side of it with the movies and then living in a place where we kind of had this history of of pirates, mm -hmm. that's really what sparked it. And then when the Pirates of the Caribbean movies came out, of course, it kind of was this big renewed thing for me. And right. I got really into reading actual histories uh, of a lot of the different pirates and, and became very intrigued with the whole Republic of Pirates era. You don't know what this is, do you? Aztec gold. The heathen gods placed upon the gold a terrible curse. Ten years we've searched. Every last piece we have found, save for this. Hello. And I'm sure, you know, especially for a lot of us that have grew up with Star Wars, like obviously we even see that embedded in Star Wars, like Han Solo to me is, you know, one of the biggest space pirates. And it is funny how pirates did kind of like taper off because, you know, for you and me, Andy, we live in Florida. There was at one point, like, we love the Pirates of the Caribbean, right? I'm sure you do. I know I yes. do. <laughs> and for a while there, you can tell that there was already kind of a lull because Disney was getting ready to actually rip the ride out of Magic Kingdom, and I couldn't believe it. And then all of a sudden, the first Pirates of the Caribbean movie was being announced and produced, and it got released, and of course, it was a major, major hit. And all of a sudden, there was just this renewed um obsession with pirates, and all of a sudden, Disney decided, we're going to throw Jack Sparrow in there, we're keeping the ride, and now you know, it gets one of the longest lines at Disney. So I always find it interesting how some of these subject matters taper off and then they spike again. 
And now I think, aren't they even thinking about still continuing with the Pirates movies? I think there is. There's another one. There's another one coming out um, with, uh, you may have to help me out. Johnny Depp is not in it. It is being led by the person that plays Nebula in. Oh, it's Karen Gillan. Karen Gillan. It's Karen Karen Gillan, yes. Oh, really? And that, by my understanding, is actually already in the works. Yeah. Yeah, it is. I like her. I think she's really cool. That's no, awesome. I I did I did end up I, same kind of trajectory. I've I've read a lot about the, the history of pirates, and um, it's always been very interesting about how pirates get interwoven into. Oh, you know, you mentioned space pirates. Firefly, mm-hmm. the TV series, yeah. is also kind yeah. of Perfect about example. Uh, space pi- space pirates is a genre that probably wouldn't have ever mm-hmm. been imagined by somebody fifty or yeah. sixty years ago. You know. <laughs> I think it's this really intriguing thing. I think it's this, and it, it, they really echo this in Firefly. I'm a big Firefly f- uh, fan, but they really echo this point. Like, what is this? What is this ship? What is this? Right. It's freedom. It's it's being out there on my own without someone telling me what to do and how to live my life. And I think that's kind of the root of the intrigue. Oh, and that's uh, been my appeal. <laughs> right. And then kind of getting down to, um, you know, ideas. I mean, you've had authors all throughout our history that have really pushed the concept like Mark Twain. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and, and I think Mark Twain has a quote that I think exactly describes both Malcolm Reynolds and Han Solo. I mean, they're basically the same character, right? Yeah. But, you know, you know, Mark Twain said now and then we hope that if we lived and were good enough that God would permit us to be pirates. Everyone stay calm. We are taking over the ship. I of us. <laughs> this ship cannot be crewed by two men. You'll never make it out of the bay. Son, I'm Captain Jack Sparrow. Savvy. Ultimately, pirates, even fictional or real ones, um, mm-hmm. were people who didn't feel like they could fit in to polite society for whatever reason. I mean, mm-hmm. Andrew brought up, uh, you know, some of the upstanding citizens who romanticized piracy in the age mm-hmm. of piracy. Like, I think it's Steve, Steve Bonnet, I think was the name. Yeah. And he was a very, very wealthy Englishman. who and a terrible uh, pirate. <laughs> the worst pirate ever. He was the worst. Like, he, he got caught over and over again. And they mm-hmm. kept, like, forgiving so Jack him. Jack Sparrow. <laughs> yeah. No, but he, but not on, not on purpose, you know. Like, yeah. he would, <laughs> and he would, he would get caught over and over and they would be like, oh, 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 you're the rich guy. Okay, then they'd let him. Then he couldn't get taken seriously by even like the you know the law enforcement people of his time. And there were people who just at the time they were they were famous in their own. This isn't something that is new to like our era. We they they were romanticized and mm-hmm. admired even in their in their own era. And they were they were just people who felt like they couldn't function in or couldn't participate in the status quo for whatever reason uh, or didn't want to or it wasn't profitable and a lot of uh, you know a lot of people don't know that sometimes something between 25 to 50 percent of the crews and the pirates of the caribbean and the republic of pirates were black uh, formerly enslaved people and, and irish and, yeah. and irish and irish mm-hmm. indentured servants yeah and um that's it's just because there was no real place you know, for them in the quote unquote new world uh, to participate the way that other people did. And I, I think all, all pirate media makes that underscores that point pretty well, Yeah, <laughs> but Firefly yeah. for sure. Mm-hmm. And it's funny. I think that is something obviously I like for me, I think that's probably one of the reasons why I probably loved pirates so much also is, you know, again, we all grew up nerds. I don't. I don't know what you know your guys' experience was. I know Andrew. We were just talking about this recently in our chat, but you know, I I I totally can relate to maybe like that not feeling of belonging and this and that. So you know, it is funny to me that as much as people think of pirates as bad people and this and that, I always did like that sense of community that they have, you know, and the higher. So and not only that, but it's the adventure aspect aspect of it you know when you were just talking about the goonies and all the traps that they're going through i mean who wouldn't want to experience that who wouldn't want to sail the high seas you know with pirates and hunting for treasure i mean i grew up with peter pan you know disney's peter pan and watching hook (laughs) and watching the goonies just like you guys and pirates of the caribbean and swiss family robinson i mean Mm -hmm. that was a very heavy pirate uh presence so 
yeah, there's just something about them. I, I don't know what it is. I always love these characters and these fictional characters that rebel. That's why I love Han Solo. He goes against, you know, everybody else. Yeah, they are. They're underdogs. And I always like to root for the underdog. Yeah, but that's what I always, that's what I actually really love. I know the solo movie met very mixed results. Mm-hmm. I know, I'm a but fan. I'm one of the things fan. I did appreciate, uh, one of the things I did appreciate about his character there is that, you know, he's, he wants to be the bad guy. Yeah, it's true. But he's too good. But yeah. he's, he's, he's got the heart of gold and he just can't mm-hmm. quite be the pirate he really wants to be. Right. So like, between Solo and when we see him in A New Hope, he has spent his whole life building himself to try to make people think that he is that pirate. Right, right, right. Yeah, it all goes back to, you know, the Goonies actually underscored. They actually talked about this point very poignantly, I think, is that these were people that that felt like they were misfits in one way or the other and mm-hmm. that this was a way that they could be successful. They took really big risks. Often they did not pay off very well. A lot of the really big pirates uh, names that we know, like Charles Vane and, you know, Blackbeard and uh, Jack Rackham and all those folks, uh, they had very short careers because it was very mm-hmm. dangerous work. And But they took big risks and sometimes it paid off and... Sometimes, I mean, there we were just talking right before the show about Anne Bonnie, who is a famous mm-hmm. uh, female pirate, and she she's they after her trial, she was pregnant when so they let her they felt bad for her and they pretty much let her go free when they got when England caught her and brought her to trial, they hanged her partners, but <laughs> they hanged her partner and um, her other partner I think died in jail, but she got let go and as far as anybody knows she got away with everything, <laughs> she wow. got yeah, she was, knows? she vanished. Oh, wow. Oh, yeah. Wow. <laughs> like, like nobody knows what happened to um to her after that point. Yeah. Um and you know, and nobody knows if they were actually they it was her and uh oh what's her name? I cannot think of her name. Mary yeah, well, well, Mary um, is an interesting. Mary Reed is an interesting case because, of course, she, you know, Mary Reed was went by Mark her entire life. Had dressed as a little boy since childhood. Yeah. Her mother had, their mother had. I'm using. I don't know what pronouns this person would have used because they often went by Mark. They often or right. M. They went by M. And since they were a child, they dressed and presented as male, but they were you know assigned female at birth, and they. Um, they the mother allowed the, her, her child to dress as male f- to work essentially to do right. certain types of work, and that person dressed as uh, as male their entire life, but was yeah was a partner of Anne and, and her partner Jack Rackham. So mm-hmm. very interesting stories. <laughs> yeah. All right, time for the big thank yous, podcast family, to those of you that support the Scarif Scuttlebutt podcast. Team Scarif gives you all a heartfelt thank you, wonderful people who have found it in their hearts to support our show. We're super lucky to have you. Hello there. Folks like Amanda, Jedi Caligula 89, Joey Rosales, what up, Joey? The Salty Crew at the Salty Nerd Podcast, Alex and Matt. Super fan of many of the Red 5 pods, Nicholas Schaefer. Follow him at Backyard Tardis. What's up, Nick? Our Star Wars celebration friend, Chad, at Hyperspace and Holocrons. Jay from Florida. Our other Floridian, Frank, at the Garrison level. Big thanks. And certainly not least, our executor level patrons, 97 Bravo and the Convergence Podcast. And Scott and Kim from the Used and Abused podcast. Big thanks, you Red Fivers. Go give them a follow. Huge respects to all our patrons for your support. And if you want to become more involved in the Scare of Scuttlebutt community and feel like becoming a patron, head over to patreon.com slash scare of scuttlebutt. And remember, we can't have the scuttle without the butt. Don't forget, it's always sunny on Scarif with patrons like you. Now, I am... Uh, we were talking about this, Andy, before we started. I I am more from, you know, the movie aspect. I'm not a huge history buff. So, you know, you're talking about, you know, some female pirates. Historically, we tend to know pirates as being typically male. Are 
are there more female well-known female oh, pirates or are those really I mean, yeah. there there are some but it was most most female. boats most boats it was actually forbidden to have women on board the boat right i was gonna Too say much drama there's a um, lot of superstition about it yeah, yeah. you go to go to sea for months at a time like that's generally going to be a recipe for bad disaster stuff. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. I think I've even heard like some superstition where you're not even allowed to uh, whistle on a boat. Supposedly, it calls like the sea to the rise siren, or something. Yeah. yeah, it's very, very interesting. And that's another part of uh, pirates that I've always liked. They're very highly superstitious uh, characters. Yeah, from what I understand, a lot of of the maritime because they were primarily on you know on our hemisphere, a lot of like nautical superstitions that we have, and a lot of terms and things like that are, are from you know the Republic of Pirates and piracy era, and just legends that sprung up around them and things like that. So. But if you like the media about pirates, mm-hmm. have you? I think you haven't seen Black Sails yet. No, I have not. I've definitely heard of the show, and it, where is it on? Where does that? Play? Well, it's Black it's Sails? over. It was only it's I know only, it's over. Yeah, yeah. It was uh, stars, and I think Hulu has it as well. Streaming. Um, I think they. I think the last time I checked, that it was streaming on Hulu, and mm-hmm. um, but if you have like stars uh, on Amazon as like an add-on or something like that, but Black Sails uh, was a four-season-long series that was mm-hmm. based on Treasure Island. It was a prequel to Treasure Island. Okay, and um, but it mixed in real historical figures. So you had, um, you know, Woods Rogers, which I think he was the governor of Nassau, who was a real person interacting with Captain Flint and Long John Silver. And um, there was, they also integrated the Bahamian slave rebellion that, Mm -hmm. um, that led to, you know, the first, uh, the first black Republic being established uh, in, in the Western world. And they, some of the characters from that, and some of them are amalgams of real people and things like, so you have these prequel characters and very much ties into the themes that we were talking about. Now, especially if you're a treasure yeah. Island fan, mm-hmm. uh, if you, if you love the characters uh, because captain Flint, there's not a whole lot said about him in, right. in treasure Island. It's, he's a very mysterious and ominous character, but you don't, you just know everybody's afraid of him. And it starts off with this very sad, you know, kind of washed up ex-pirate, you know, who's Billy, you know, Bones, I think is uh, the character name. And uh, he he's a completely different, like it just totally st- spins everything on its head that you think right, you know right. about the treasure. But at the same time, we've, you know, Charles Vane and Jack Rackham and Blackbeard are all actual characters are real pirates right. that, you know, and yes. things like that. So it's, it's amazing. I think it's one of the best shows I've, probably ever seen i I'm mean that's check that out yeah because i remember seeing advertisements for it and i just i don't think i had the channel that it was showing so I'll, i'm gonna have to check that out because i it's true i've always have loved pirates ever since i was a kid they're just so fascinating i love that they lived outside of the law and it's true we do we romanticize it so much because all i ever wanted to do was just jump on a ship and go say i don't know what it is about it but um what I will say about Black Sails is that uh-huh. it is a series. I compare it a lot to Battlestar Galactica, the reboot, or perhaps mm. maybe more recently, The Expanse, where okay. you have a lot of different factions and a lot of different stakes and people who are very, you know, some some people have some stakes in common. Some people right. are have, you know, the enemy of my enemy is my friend type of relationships. And so you have the first season i would say which is the first eight or nine Mm -hmm. episodes does a lot of world building because it is a really expansive world that they are introducing all these different you know interests into so i would just say that um after the after the first season the show totally takes off running and does not stop until the finale but some people find that first season kind of you know, hard to, hard to get into just because it is a very, there's, it's a lot of world building, which you don't think of in, in a pirate show, but it is a very. Yeah, of course. Everyone wants to get right to all the action and that's usually (laughs) what it boils down to. (laughs) Another, another piece of media that does a really good job of telling the story of that era of the Republic of Pirates is Assassin's Creed Black Flag. Oh yes. Yes. Really? Yes. Assassin's Creed does a lot of pirate lore. Yeah. No, uh, but the the uh, Black Flag game really delves into the founding of the Republic of Pirates and then its coll- eventual collapse. Now, when we watch like a lot of these movies, again, you know, playing dumb here, you know, how many of these things that we see in movies 
are really have just been done just for movies. You know, like when I think of pirates, the first thing I think of you that comes to mind is the black flag with the cross, you know, the skull and crossbones and stuff. So that's something that I've always kind of wondered, is that actually a flag that's ever been flown or is that something that has been completely made up by Hollywood? You know what I mean? So I know you guys are my history buffs. (laughs) That the original Jolly Rogers, um, Mm -hmm. Uh, flag. It was designed by Jack Rackham, who was the partner of Anne Bonny, the female pirate we talked about. He was a very interesting person. His father had been a tailor and a fa- like a designer. He was basically a fashion designer, which is mm-hmm. why he was called Calico Jack because he was he was very flashy, a very okay. flashy pirate. He was always dressed in very calico, you know, clothes and uh, just dressed in finery that you wouldn't expect from you know, pirates. <laughs> so right. he had a lot of flair and he, uh, he designed this flag and the original Jolly Roger flag. If you Google it, um, I've made, I've heard a lot of people, you know, do that. His passion was graphic design type of jokes about it because it really right. is like the least intimidating thing. It's like <laughs> a child drew this, <laughs> this skull thing, but it, he did, he created a lot of these different flags. And one of the originals his, his original Jack Rackham's flag is sitting in the St. Augustine Pirate Museum right now. I so. have to go. I have to go there. I have to go to the St. Augustine. Yeah, we're <laughs> supposed to go over there in March or April. I went, it's been 13 years, 12 years since I've been there. Wow. But we are, I, I'm, I'm anxious to take the kids. I've never gotten to take the kids. So we're It is so cool. It yeah, is. It really they, is. they have they have so much cool. They actually have a whole room, Shanti, that you would like this. It's dedicated to pirates in the media. So they have a bunch of different oh, movie posters perfect. and memorabilia and things <laughs> like that. Perfect so. for me. They even mentioned Muppets Treasure Island, which is a very oh um, man, I, underrated. Man, I actually saw that in the theater. <laughs> I fully admit that. <laughs> I was a kid. But but I love uh, that movie. But, but yeah, the black flags are are very much a real thing. And I mean, they were actually used pre-pirate as far as a black a black flag, just a plain black flag. Right, right, right. It's just the idea of no quarter. I mean, you'll actually, if you look, you will find that some of our special forces actually wear a blacked out American flag. And that's, that's what it, it means is no quarter given. Interesting. It's I a warning. It's a, yeah, it's a warning. Oh, okay. Cool. <laughs> See, no pi- pirates like their own myths, right? They like, like Blackbeard yeah, no, hardly killed anybody. As far as we know, he hardly killed anyone, but he was, he, he liked to perpetuate, uh, you know, urban legends about himself, about how he single-handedly slaughtered an entire pirate ship by sense. himself and, mm-hmm. and that he had flames coming out of his beard. And like, <laughs> he just liked, he liked the drama of it. Cause you know, it saved them hassle because if people well, yeah. saw them boarding, People would be like, oh, oh no, like just give him yeah, whatever like you want. Get out of it. Right, exactly. <laughs> and it's a great their job, honestly. It is, it is. And it made their job easier. And they ended up ironically. Figure. Ironically, they would end up having to kill less people. So um, you know, and there was always the ones about you know, he didn't leave anybody alive. And well, how did the story get out? You know, like, so people started asking questions later, like, wait a minute, some of this stuff doesn't really sound like kosher but he he did he liked to perpetuate uh you know legends about himself about how ferocious and unstoppable he was so that he could so a lot of times he would just their reputations would precede them to such a degree that they would board and just people would just immediately surrender and give them whatever it, it was they it wanted really <laughs> fascinates me that something like this that i you know that i've been watching as a fictional character since i was a child did actually exist things like that always you know really like just blow my mind that you know these kind of people actually exist because you don't think like something because of course again we're looking at it from more adventurous aspect we don't really know what it was like to be a pirate in those days but when we romanticize it that's all i think about is i can't believe that people like this actually existed and all over the place too, because we have we have pirates from all sorts of different cultures. You know, looking online, we have you know Asian pirates. I mean, again, like that was represented in Swiss Family Robinson. So it's not just they they were they you know they were all over. And that's really interesting to me that almost every culture had their own you know pirates essentially.
Yeah, one of the uh, most successful pirates of all time was a, a female pirate from China. Um, mm-hmm. I heard, her name was, uh, I, I'm gonna. I'm not sure I'm saying this right, but her name was uh, Shen Shi. Her name was mm-hmm. Shen Shi, and I think she had like 1,400 pirates under her domain and something like dozens of pirate ships that she wow. was the yeah. commander of this massive pirate army uh you know in the this she i think was um 19th century so she was not around during the the golden age the pirates of the caribbean right. era but so she came a little later but she was like probably one of the most successful pirates of all time <laughs> yeah yeah i mean i don't know of many that ever captained a crew that large yeah, uh henry henry morgan you know, Henry Morgan took almost almost two thousand men and burned Panama City to the ground. Wow. So, um, but yeah, you usually don't see crews of anywhere near that oh. size. I mean, that's an army. That is an army. That's insane. It was. They were. They were so ubiquitous, though. They were so populous that. Um, and this was. This is one of the story arcs of Black Sails. Is this mm-hmm. what 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 England and Spain? eventually decided to do was to make friends with them and to pardon them. And they realized that there was, they were just a, the staggering volume of people who were choosing to defect to the Caribbean and join pirates. Um, right. And also the, the fact that they were welcoming uh, formerly enslaved people that actually, well, that's the backstory of Jack in Pirates of the Caribbean. He's right. um, that the reason that he is a pirate and an outlaw is because he would not cooperate with the slave trade and gotcha. uh, that's that's a little that's a little, very it's very subtle in the first in the the first movie but he does talk mm-hmm. about about why he wouldn't he wouldn't participate in the slave trade and so he became an outlaw and that's how he became a pirate and it is true that often if pirates uh, came across a ship that had treasure and enslaved people they would mm-hmm. free the enslaved people and be like hey you want to join us <laughs> you want like you want a job yeah. and then they cool. would and that's that's how that's how that happened and so um but yeah it's there's a there's a whole like a whole lot to um to that so they, there were just so many pirates at one point in the you know the early 18th century in the late 17th century that they just gave up england and spain just gave up persecuting you know or prosecuting how many them. pirates there were at the height of it all yeah tens of thousands right andrew what might oh, know some man. some of the numbers I, I mean it was a lot I, I know that like when you talk about nassau like which mm-hmm. was you know the the base for the the right. uh republic of pirates it was well over a thousand just there in that short period of time and that's just that's just a thousand pirates based out of nassau yeah, and then there were the industries. It's very comparable to the old Wild West, what you guys brought up earlier, mm-hmm. is yeah. that, uh, you know, that first came the the folks that were willing to take the really big risks, and then all these industries sprang up around it. You know, you mm-hmm. had, if you had a town of a thousand people or thousands of, a couple thousand people, you're going to need, you know, things like clothing and doctors and saloons and you know brothels brothels a lot of you know people think that that prostitutes you know civilized the old west and a lot right. of people think that you know prostitutes civilized nassau too you know right. they they were business people and they set up uh, you know then then with that you know you had hairdressers and you had grocery store not not as we know them that's- obviously you know but but that's it's entire industries sprung up around supporting pirates in their yeah. in their endeavors yeah, you need shipwrights, you need sailmakers, uh-huh. you need yeah. you need all these things. I it's mean, true. you need people to clothe and feed people. And yep. so, yeah, I mean, it you know, it grew into a big, big city. And there's still definitely a heavy influence in the islands because I've been on many cruises and having gone to the Bahamas and Jamaica and stuff like that. Like you see pirate statues kind of strewn about all over the islands mm-hmm. and there is still such a heavy presence of it. And it's such a rich part of, you know, obviously the history of those islands and it's just really interesting, uh, just fascinating characters. And so I wanted to ask you guys, whether fictional or non-fictional, do you guys have like a favorite pirate? Um, I think mine probably is Jack Rackham, um, just because Jack he Rackham. was, he, yeah, he's, he really, he was not a great pirate either. He got caught like, a few times. <laughs> and that's the thing is that what, what, ha- what ended up happening is, you know, and Andrew, please do feel free to to jump in and add add yeah. any historical tidbits here but what ended up happening was that, that England offered a blanket pardon to mm-hmm. all the pirates they said you know what just if you promise not to do it again <laughs> 
if you promise to be nice from here on forward, we'll let we it will, slide. We'll let, we'll, we'll like, you know, it's, you can turn over a new leaf, you know, and, um, it worked a lot. A lot of people were like, you know what, this is cool. Cause a lot of people had been hanging around, um, and tried this life out and then they found they couldn't go back because they were right. outlaws now. So some people did go back, but, um, some people were like, you know, they had their fingers crossed when they signed that paper. They're like, sure, sure. We'll be nice going forward. And then like three weeks later, we're like, anybody want to join a pirate cruise? <laughs> <laughs> and so, and Jack did that. So Jack got caught and then he accepted the pardon, immediately went back to NASA, immediately started pirating again, got yeah. caught nine months later. I mean, it was like this, he wasn't the greatest either, but um, he definitely, <laughs> he was a very like, he had a lot of personality. <laughs> he had. He tried. <laughs> he did. He, tried. He, he was very infamous and famous in the, you know, he's a party guy. He was very flashy, you know, he was, and he was very committed to this community of pirates. Like he was very, you know, he, I think he um, was also one of the big uh, contributors of like the pirate creed, you know, where you have certain mm, rules right, you had to right, follow yeah. on. So he was, he loomed large at the time, but I don't, I think, in retrospect, he wasn't like the most successful <laughs> of his peers. That's really funny that you that you just brought that up. I always did find it kind of hilarious, which is something that they touch upon in the parts of the Caribbean movie, is that, you know, we think of these guys as these outlaws. They're doing this because they're going against the grain. And yet I also find it strange that they have their own set of rules and, you know, and that it isn't all chaos because it can't be that way. Cause there is, has to be, you know, some sort of hierarchy, but it is always funny to me that there is still some sort of a code essentially. So I loved like the whole parlay thing in the first Pirates of the Caribbean movie that always yeah. cracked me up. Oh, and that yeah. was like 100% true. That was yeah, 100%. Yeah. They mm -hmm. were, they were strict about it. They would leave you on some random Island to like die alone. If you yeah. broke any of the rules or you tried to cheat your fellow pirates. Or right. Well, that was yeah. the thing. Like you, you signed the ship's articles before mm -hmm. you left dock. Like you had yeah. to sign the articles that where everyone had sat down, agreed on all the rules. And then signed it and said, yeah, we agreed to all these rules. And yeah, it was taken pretty seriously if you, if you broke them. Um, the they didn't really <laughs> see themselves as criminals. They saw themselves as no, business no, people. they didn't. Yeah. Right. Yeah, yeah, a lot of these guys were, were officers in the, you know, mm -hmm. Imperial Navy before they, they ended up doing this. So, I mean, these were not, a lot of people look at it and just think that this was just chaos, that this was right. just these wild men going crazy. And it wasn't, these were well-educated men. I mean, when you look at the idea behind the, the Republic of pirates, I mean, it's the first Republic in the Western hemisphere and it's, right. and it actually has influence on our constitution. Mm -hmm. um, you know, these were, it was the first European Republic in the, in the Western. Yes. Hemisphere. Yes. First European Republic, <laughs> yeah. but it, it's, um, but it had a, a huge influence on because mostly because these guys were well read. They right. they knew what they were talking about. Uh, so you basically end up with this republic, this this you know, a democracy in the middle of monarchy. And um it's all very interesting. But part of what um Andy was getting out a minute ago, talking you know, when she was talking about uh Jack Rackham, you know, mm -hmm. there's this weird like what ends up breaking up the Republic of Pirates is this weird feud that comes right out of the pardon offered by um, Woods Rogers. Mm -hmm. uh, Woods Rogers comes in. There's two main pirates. There's Benjamin Hornigold and uh, Henry Jennings. And he comes in, offers the pardon, and uh, I think Horn Hornigold just outright accepts the pardon yeah. mm -hmm. and then rats everybody else out. That is that yeah. is a, just spoiler Snitches alert. That that is in one of the major arcs of Black Sails because Hornigold oh, really? is a, yeah he is a character in Black Sails. Are, have you seen it, Andrew? Have you seen Black Sails? I've seen part of it, but yeah. I need to go back and watch it. I watched the first season when it first came out, and like you were saying, I had trouble getting into it. Yeah. And um, but after hearing what you said, I'll have to go check out the rest of it. Yeah, me too. I'm definitely gonna have to check it out. It is kind of sad to me, you know, talking about the historical aspect of it and then just seeing 
how Hollywood has essentially bastardized it because any pirate that I've ever known that's been portrayed on, on screen has always been portrayed as being bad, evil, corrupt, violent, whatever the case may be. So it is kind of sad that they kind of get that rap and they're kind of reduced to this peg leg, <laughs> eye patch wearing <laughs> pirate, uh, yeah. parrot lover, you know what I mean? And they've just be kind of become a caricature when, you know, they, there's something actually kind of to be respected when you really think about it. I mean, it takes, mm. kind of, you know, some balls to do that. A hundred percent. And but, this was completely, yeah. you know, new. And, and it, it, I kind of, I kind of wonder if some of them might have found all of that kind of entertaining. <laughs> I think because some of them think. did perpetuate their own. And it's interesting you brought up the peg leg and Long John Silver because that was definitely based on one thing I will say uh, some of the egalitarianism in a sense of pirate culture is they didn't care if you had a disability, they didn't care if you were from a, you know, didn't speak the language or whatever. Uh, You know, they, they wanted people who were willing to put in the work. They like, again, they saw themselves as as entrepreneurs in a way, you know? And, and if you were willing, you know, you, you were missing a leg and an eye and you were a great chef, welcome to the crew. You know, they just did not, in that sense, discriminate against, uh, you know, people. You got to commend them for that. (laughs) It was very ahead of their time. They really did not think twice about, you know, a lot of pirates had disabilities, various physical disabilities that way. And, you know, um, so that, that's interesting. That's actually true. There were a lot, uh, a lot of people who had been kicked out of the British Navy (laughs) because they Mm -hmm. had disability were welcomed into pirate crews. And that's the only way they could make a living and things like that. So uh, the peg leg, yeah, the peg leg and the eye patch, that was, that was really, (laughs) that was really true. A lot of people did have those types of physical disabilities on pirate crews. So, yeah. yeah. And you also had a lot of people um, that just saw themselves as not having any other, they um, like the Jacobites, mm-hmm. you know, the war that they're fighting ends and they're not ready to give up. You know, they're still determined to see the Stuarts restored to the, the throne in England. Right. So they go join pirate fleets, you know, they go join pirate crews to continue fighting. Um, so there were a lot of Jacobites, but it, it's very interesting because it's like really the first time with, with both African slaves and Irish that were able to own most crews serve as equals. And get paid That's fairly and, yeah, and yeah. advance. And, and they were due that. Yeah, that was, that was definitely a, a big first. And it, it really was a, often a conglomerate of uh, various groups of people who just hated England for their right. own reasons, right. the Jacobites mm-hmm. and um, you know, a lot of like Scottish and Irish uh, mm-hmm. you know, people, and just, it, it was a lot of people who really, Black Sales goes into that too, of people who just really hated the crown. And right. um, as you mentioned, that big divide about the pardon really did just ended up destroying the Republic of Pirates just because of infighting. People were just, right. could not uh, agree whether that was, you know, they should rejoin or they should stick to this thing that they thought was a pretty good thing going, you know? So right. a lot of, caused a lot of infighting and Yeah. <laughs> Andrew, do you have um, a favorite pirate, whether fictional or non-fictional, or both? Um, so, in you know, as far as as non-fictional, I, mm-hmm. I, I would say you know I'm a just because of where I'm at in the world, I, I'm a big fan of Jean Lafitte. Mm-hmm. But I, I think it's I think it's Edward Teach. I think it's Blackbeard. I, I mean, he's such a showman, right? You know, stick you know, sticking cannon fuses in your beard to make it, make yourself look like a demon. I mean, the guy was an absolute showman. I love he that. was a marketing genius. He was a marketing genius. <laughs> he was. Yeah. And when you, and when you talk about the, like the eye patches and the peg legs, I wanted yeah. to come back to this for just a second, because the, uh, the eye patches were very much a real thing, but didn't yeah. often mean someone was missing an eye. <laughs> They actually really? were, they're a tool. Uh, if you're fighting above deck in the bright sunlight out on the ocean and you're going to go below deck to uh-huh. fight, you're going to be blind for a minute. That makes sense. So you wear that eye patch and that eye is already adjusted to the dark. So you go below deck, you pull the eye patch off and you can see. Wow. Folks, look, I'm just not hosting today. I'm learning. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, no, I did not know that because, again, you know, my experience is more from the movie and the TV side. So, of course, for me, it's just 
yeah, I always kind of figured, well, maybe they're just wearing an eye patch because, yeah, yeah, something happened and but, they're missing a, an eye or to look imposing. Yeah, a lot of it is really about finding ways with inferior numbers to fight larger fleets. Gotcha. You know, to fight a British fleet. So you you switch to a, you move away from the classic British sword and you move mm-hmm. to a cutlass. It's shorter. It, it's easier to wield in a confined it's space. Yeah, it's cheaper. cheaper to, yeah. Uh, you know, eye patches, just a lot of random things just to gain an advantage over an enemy with superior numbers. Right, right, right. And now we have, you know, now it's uh, transferred into like modern day piracy. And that's, you know, <laughs> that's a little bit more uh, less adventurous, not as uh, glamorous as we would like it to be. But it's always fun to... <laughs> That's why I prefer to just think of, uh, you know, old historical pirates because it's just more fun because unfortunately everything being modernized, nothing's really fun anymore in my personal opinion. So radar, radar is into it now. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) It doesn't make it fun anymore. Um, But um, in any case, um, I think this was actually just, you know, a really, 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 really great discussion. Um, Is there anything else that you guys maybe wanted to add about pirates? Because, you know, we're getting close here to um, wrapping it up. Um, I, I think I, I just think that it's a really interesting both history and it's a fun playground to tell stories in. And I, um, I, I hope to see more movies like Pirates of the Caribbean, which mm-hmm. really kind of reawakened this interest in in just pirates in general. Uh, talking about favorite pirates. Mm-hmm. I mean, I don't know if a better pirate's ever been put on screen than Jack Sparrow. I know. It, let me tell you, Johnny Depp really did a number with that character because as much Mm. as i've always loved pirates i mean that really like solidified my love for pirates and reignited my love for pirates although i'm not sure how i feel about seeing him on the pirates of the caribbean ride but yeah i love jack sparrow I'll tell you, though, you said it's probably the best Pirates ever been on screen. I, I have to say, I got to go back to Black Sails. Will you guys see that? You ever watch that? <laughs> Let me know if you still think that, because Captain okay. Flint okay. on that show. He's played by Toby Stevens, who is the son of mm. Dame, okay. Dame Maggie Smith, you know, yeah. the yep. McGonagall from the Harry Potter series, mm-hmm. and, and among many other things. Um, yeah. and he's just a phenomenal actor on his own right, and uh, that character is like incredible he's really a, an amazing character so i i'm kind of partial to but uh what i will add is if mm-hmm. you if you are interested if you're listening and you are interested in finding out more about the real mm-hmm. pirates of the caribbean there's a very readable book called the republic of pirates um okay. being the true and surprising story of the caribbean pirates and the man who brought them down that is the oh. entire pi- uh, title of the, of the book <laughs> Yeah, but you can type in the Republic of Pirates, um, and it's and by uh, right Colin Woodard is the name okay. of the author. Very readable, uh, very conversational in tone, and uh, very well researched, and does kind of tell little vignettes about right. the different, uh, different good, bad, and ugly stories of the real Pirates of the Caribbean and how it all fell apart. And if if you're kind of want, wanting like a high level mm-hmm. dive into into all these different characters and um it's it's a really great book i read it a couple years ago and, and i just... do hope that something like this does have lasting power because um one of our other podcasts in the network uh, galaxy of queers um she is currently doing a show about period dramas and period pieces and but you know i was kind of wondering like in this day and age i feel like period pieces just don't do as well anymore but it is funny to me that if they were to go ahead and release a pirates of the caribbean movie right now people would probably go to the theater in droves so it is interesting how period pieces may not be lasting but something about pirates will draw a crowd in so i find that to be really fascinating what do you got there andrew I was going to say, I've got another, another book that, uh, I would recommend for anyone. It's, uh, Empire of Blue Water by Stephen Talty. That's the story of Henry Morgan, basically the rise and fall of Henry Morgan. All right. I'm going to have to have you guys DM me all of this stuff so I can (laughs) look it up. Yeah, no, because I do. I find it fascinating. And not only that, I don't really get a chance to like read that much anymore, but if something really, you know, captures my attention, then I'll sit there and I'll just devour a book. So yeah, no, that'll definitely give me something to do. In order to effect a timely halt to deteriorating conditions and to ensure the common good, a state of emergency is declared for these territories by decree of Lord Cutler Beckett, duly appointed representative of His Majesty the King. 
I want to thank you both for coming on here. This was a lot of fun. I love, love, love talking about pirates. This was really, really great. And um, Andrew, do you guys have anything going on that on your end? Um, we've got some stuff coming up. We're still trying to kind of get geared up for the year. We're kind of making some slight changes to mm-hmm. our um, kind of our lineup. I think we're going to have we're starting in two weeks. We should be back to two a week on the science fictionary, one a week okay. on Coruscant Radio Underground. But I'm also starting. Uh, a new show on our YouTube channel, which will be just like five to 10 minute shorts uh, where I will talk about things. Either the rest of my co-hosts don't care anything about (laughs) or where I'm just uh, to react quickly to something since sometimes the podcast takes a little time to get out. Oh, okay. I'll look forward to that. I like that. Yeah. Yeah. Let us know. It's a cool idea. I like that. Little hot takes from Andrew. (laughs) I like it. (laughs) And Andy, what about you? I know the last time, like, we had you on here. You were talking about getting your own podcast off the ground about theme parks. Yeah, that, um, well, that one, uh, you know, our co-host had, my co-host had to pause that for, she had okay. a lot of personal stuff going on. We did end up uh, recording a few episodes of that, but it's for right now, it's on hiatus. Um, okay. We're hoping to start it up again in the spring. But by the time this airs, I think our, I've, I've, uh, first episode of a Wonder Woman rewatch podcast that I'm doing with two friends should cool. we're gonna do take um episode by episode you know the original wonder woman from the 70s is on hbo max and yes we, it is yeah and we're all we're all just we're basically just gonna watch one episode at a time and talk about it and talk about wonder woman in the media and compare how she oh, just cool. talk about wonder woman just fanning uh you know wonder woman the entire time with linda carter and all that stuff so that by the time this is because we're doing that next week so um okay Oh, keep us posted. That sounds interesting. Yes. And where can we find you both? You guys are both on Twitter, correct? Yes. So Andy, we can find, yeah, go ahead. Plus verb. Plus verb is my Twitter handle. Just post a lot of nonsense about all kinds of things. So, (laughs) (laughs) And Andrew, you got the Uh, two shows. So where can we find you? So you can find me at Sci underscore Fictionary or Crew underscore Podcast. That's uh, C-R-U underscore Podcast. Thank you. All right, guys. Well, thank you so much. And thank Thank you you. to everyone for listening. And Ro, have fun editing this one too. (laughs) Good luck to you, brother. But guys, thank you so much. And uh, as always, that's the scuttlebutt. Hey, thank you so much for listening to the Scare of Scuttlebutt podcast. Just wanted to remind you all, we can be found wherever you find your other favorite shows. iTunes, Pandora, Spotify, iHeartRadio, Podbean, SoundCloud, Podchaser, Backtracks FM, Podtail, Owltail, Google Podcast, and of course, our own Red5Network.com to name a few. And don't forget to drop us a voicemail at 773-234-8659, our Scuttlebutt hotline. We want to hear what's on your mind. Your call is very important to us. Let us know what you think of the show, what future topics we should tackle, or just to say, hello there. Please hold. Greetings, listener. Just a reminder that the podcast you just heard is a proud member of the Red 5 Network family. Red5network.com offers you a great variety of shows you'll be sure to love. So the next time you're itching for quality content, make sure you head over to Red5network.com. You'll find this podcast along with a whole lot more. All wings report in. It's the Red 5 Network. <laughs>